But notice verse 27, he's given authority to Jesus to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. And Jesus said, do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming which all who are in the graves, notice that, people who are already dead, they will hear his voice and they will come forth, notice, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Do you understand the resurrection of life is the rapture of the church? Welcome, everyone, to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher Rob Kellogg. Jesus explained to the astonished religious leaders that those who heard his word would have everlasting life. They would have the life connected with eternity and have that life right now. This is one aspect that is essential to everlasting life, to escape judgment for sin and to pass from the position of death to the position of life. The only way we can obtain everlasting life and secure it now is to repent of our sins Ask Jesus to forgive you and come into your life. Placing your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and what he did for us will guarantee you eternal life with him. Now here's Pastor Rob. Is there anyone more incredible than Jesus? Is there any president? Is there any ex-president? No, no one compares. They are all human beings, but Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the one who loves you and loves me, the one who paid the price. Oh, do you love him? Do you love him? Do you know that he loves you more than you can possibly understand? The more I walk with him, the more I'm understanding more of his love for me, and it melts me more and more. Pretty soon I'm just going to be a puddle. Verse 19, back in our text now, it says, Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Notice the complete dependence upon the Father. He and the Father are one in heart. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater things than these, that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives life to to them, even so the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but he has committed all judgment to the Son. He's committed all judgment to the Son. Do you know there's coming a time that after the rapture of the church and the tribulation period occurs, that at the end, and then the thousand-year reign of Christ, that at the end... Of that thousand year reign, there's going to be a great white throne judgment. And who's going to be seated on that throne? 
Jesus, God the Father, has committed all judgment to the Son. What does it say in Revelation 20? It says, John says, I saw a great throne, a great white throne, and him who sat on it from whose face the whole earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, standing before God. And books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And they're judged according to those books that it tells us. And that death and hell are, were raised up and brought into this throne room. And they all were cast into the lake of fire. Everyone who was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire, which is the eternal damnation. It's the last place you go if you're not a believer. In Psalms 9, verse 7, it says that the Lord shall endure forever. He has prepared his throne for judgment. He shall judge the world. In what? In anger? Out of jealousy? (laughs) No, in righteousness. He will judge the world in righteousness, and he will administer judgment for the peoples in uprightness. In Romans 2, it says God will render to each one according to his deeds. Eternal life, listen to this, Eternal life to those who by patient continuance in doing good seek for glory, honor, and immortality. But to those who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, what is their lot? It's indignation and wrath, tribulation and anguish on every soul who does not, or who does evil. So the... Father judges no one, but he has committed all judgment to the Son, that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. And he who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. See, we can't claim to be worshiping the Father if we reject Jesus Christ. There are a lot of people today who say, well, I, I, I worship God, I believe in God, but nah, not Jesus Christ. Well, you've got a problem because the Bible tells us. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. He who hates me hates the Father, Jesus said. And John also wrote, Whoever transgresses and does not abide in the doctrine of Christ does not have God. He who abides in the doctrine of Christ Christ has both the Father and the Son. It is like a package deal. You can't just have... You, just, you can't just have the Father and say, well, I'll find another Messiah. No, it's his only means of salvation. You reject him and you got nothing. But if you receive him, then you receive him who sent him, and that is God the Father. That's the way it works. I don't make the rules. God makes the rules. And that's what he said. Do you believe it? Are you sharing that with your family and friends? Because many of them go to churches where they don't teach these things. Oh, so glad you're here. Have a, have a seat in the front row. We got some tea for you. And we got a, a game controller you can play with while you're waiting for the message. And, you know, uh, you know we don't want to offend anybody by talking about sin and judgment. And, you know, hey, you know what? That, that's part of the gospel. It's good news. Because first, there's bad news. I need to hear the bad news. That's why when we go out into the community next week and we, we begin doing that, we, we, we can't just tell them the good news. Yes, we do have to tell them the good news, but we have to tell them the bad news. And that's the hard part. Nobody likes to share that. I don't either. I'd much rather just talk about the glory and the blessings. But I have to tell them the truth. When I got saved, it was because somebody put the... (laughs) 
I was living in sin at the time, and this gentleman that I, that I knew, he put the finger right on it. The Holy Spirit did. He, he was reading from the Bible. You've heard me say this before, but it just crushed me. For the first time in my life, as he's reading about the sin that I was indulging in, he's reading it, and my, my heart's just breaking, realizing that I, I'm held accountable now. <laughs> and God spoke to me very clearly. I was on my way to hell that day, and God says, Bob, but you're on the highway to heaven now, Rob. Yeah. Yeah, amen. Are you on the highway to heaven? <laughs> Most of you are already there, so you don't have to worry. You're already confirmed. Your ticket has been stamped confirmed. But there are some of you who are playing games and you're not really sure. Make your calling and your election sure today. Don't be playing fancy and footloose with this kind of stuff. This is real. It's very important. And God loves you so much. He, he did everything for you. All we have to do is believe. You don't, have to, you don't have to do anything but believe. What did the Bible say? Someone asked him, Lord, what work must we do for eternal life. And he says, you have to do one thing. One work you have to do. That's to believe on the, on the Son. You believe on me whom God has sent. That's it. That's what you need to do. Is that so hard? Yeah, it is actually. It's easy but yet profound because we have to come to an agreement. We have to acknowledge our own sinful nature. We have to do, do business with the inner man, and that's never easy, is it? Doing business with the inner man is the whole rub of the whole thing. We have to turn away from those things, and we have to embrace him and believe what he did for us. Amen? So verse 24 in our text, it says, Most assuredly, I say to you that he who hears my word and believes in him who has sent me has everlasting life. And shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death into life. I am so glad that I've been passed from death to life. I know it, and I'm so glad because no one can take it away from me. No one. The government can't take it away from me. They can burn me at the stake. They can, they can hunt me down. They can do whatever they want, but they can't take that. Didn't Jesus say, don't fear the one who can kill the body, but fear the one who can kill the body and also cast the soul into hell. Rather, fear him. So you can take this tent and do whatever you want with it. But as soon as I pass, I'm in, the, I'm in glory. That is the reality. That's the fact that you must know and have the assurance of. You have to have the assurance. How are you going to survive in this world unless you have assurance of your salvation? The Bible teaches that you can have an assurance. Not an I hope so or maybe, I don't know. No. You can stand on the rooftop and scream it. Oh, may the God give us that boldness. No matter who's in front of us, we tell them the truth in love. And we can do it in love. Never be ashamed of Jesus. Never be ashamed of the gospel. Most assuredly, he says, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who will hear will live. And I believe Jesus is referring to those who are alive but they're spiritually dead and then they hear his voice and they come to salvation because once a person dies there is no second chance for that person to come to Christ you make that decision now before your last breath on this earth in the flesh and then there's you live with that determination you live with that decision for as the Father has life in himself, Jesus said, so has he granted the Son to have life in himself. Didn't Jesus say, I am the way, the truth, and the life? 
He is the life. And his spirit indwells in you if you're a child of God. And I'm so glad for that. Because left to myself, I would still be a mess. Remember, this, the spirit of God the, is the earnest of our salvation. It's the down payment until he comes for us and redeems the rest of it. And when he comes in the rapture of the church, he redeems this body. He transforms it. And he takes it and he finishes the transaction. You're mine now. In every sense of the word. Every sense of the word. You're mine. You're my bride. What do you think about that? Yeah. What the God we had, everybody go, woo Yeah. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Believe me, when that, when that day happens, there's not going to be any, gonna be any No. You're going to be stoked. You're going to be jazzed. You're going to be rising out of your sneakers. Leave the Air Jordans behind. I'm gone. I don't have any Air Jordans either, but they're really expensive. But just for the record, even if I had the money, I wouldn't get them because I'm very happy with my, uh, my dollar store sneaker things. But notice verse 27. He's given authority to Jesus to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. And Jesus said, Do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming which all who are in the graves, notice that, people who are already dead, they will hear his voice and they will come forth, notice, those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. Do you understand the resurrection of life is the rapture of the church? We could peel this onion a lot more, but for the sake of time, the resurrection of life is the rapture for you and I. That's what we await. But notice that he says there's a resurrection of condemnation. And we already looked at that verse, that passage in Revelation 20, verses 11 through 15, the great white throne judgment. All those who are dead outside of Christ and are basically in hell or in Hades, They will be brought before that great white throne judgment. They will stand, which means they will be given a new body, just like you and I will be given a new body. They too will be given a new body that can withstand eternity in torment and flame. And I tell you, that is really hard to say, folks. It is. It hurts to even talk like that. But it's the truth. Some are going to arise... For the resurrection of life, you and the dead. What does it say in in 1 Thessalonians? It tells us, right? The resurrection of life. He says, For this we say by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord, when he comes for us from the clouds, not to step foot on the earth, but to meet us in the clouds, different from the second coming. The rapture is different from the second coming. But in the rapture, we meet him in the clouds. What does it say? That the Lord will, um, we say this by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain under the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are already dead or asleep. For the Lord himself, notice, will descend from heaven with the shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And notice, the dead in Christ, all those believers who are in the church from the beginning of Pentecost, up until the end of the church age, they will rise and receive their new bodies and they will be with him. And then notice, and then we which who are alive and remain shall be caught up. We will be harpazoed. That's the Greek uh, verb there. It means to violently snatch up off the earth. It's where we get our word rapture. In the Latin Vulgate, that phrase is is 
translated raptus or rapio. We will be raptured up, caught up together with them to meet the Lord in the air, in the clouds, notice. And thus we shall ever be with the Lord. Comfort one another with these words. <laughs> I'm going to go around and just comfort and comfort all you. Hey, you know, shake your hand. Let's comfort one another with those words. Do you need comfort today? I do. I'll be honest with you. My heart has been broken for many months now. For various reasons. I so want the, the comfort of God. And he's been giving it to me. And I know many of you are hurting. Many of you are worried. Many of you are struggling. Frustrated, angry. You're in good company. But there's also the resurrection of condemnation, otherwise known as the second death. We already looked at it in Revelation 20, so we don't need to go there. But they will be resurrected. So where are you going to spend your resurrection? Is it going to be in heaven with Almighty God, or is it going to be in the lake of fire for eternity, where Jesus said with his own lips, where the worm dies not and where the flame doesn't quench? It's never quenched. Because that body that they're given will be able to withstand an eternity in that environment. Just as we will be able to stand in heaven in front of God who says he dwells in unapproachable light. We need a new body to stand in front of his glory. For if I or you were to, to, if God was to manifest himself in all of his glory right here, every one of us would fall apart. Do you understand (laughs) I mean, I like that thought. I like to think about that. I mean, we would just be incinerated. There'd be nothing left. Our teeth would just fall and hit the carpet. Everything else gone. No one can dwell in unapproachable light. Ah, but with a new body, we're going to stand before him or bow before him or lay, you know, prostrate before him and worship the great king. And boy, there'll be years, I'm sure we're just going to be cleaning the carpets of heaven as our face is on the ground. No carpeting, it's all gold. I know that, but... Not the deep shag 70s rug, you know, the orange, you know. None of that in heaven. That was ungodly back then, I remember. I was just a young kid then. I was born in 69, but I remember my mom, we had that orange shag carpet, man, it looked horrible. And then if you have a dog and a wet dog in the house, ooh, you know what I'm talking about. Anyway, I transgress. Or I, I, uh, whatever. Yeah, I do. I transgress too. Jesus said in verse 30, I can uh, by, of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father. Jesus always seeks those things. He always does those things that pleases the Father. When Jesus was in the garden, he said, If it be your will, let this cup pass from me, but not my will, your will be done. Always a dependence. Are you dependent upon God, or are you just doing your own thing? Are you a Christian and saying, Well, I can do whatever I want now. My ticket's stamped, I'm just going to live like hell and then hope for heaven. Well, if that's your attitude, your Christian experience is going to be very stunted. If that's your attitude, you don't understand God's love, and you certainly don't understand grace. The more I understand grace, the more it keeps me away from the flame. And the more I'm 
I don't want to walk along the edge any longer, along the edge of the cliff, seeing how far I can get to the sinful things and not get burned. No, the person who understands grace stays way far away from that line and says, you know what, I don't even want to be anywhere near it. I don't want to even have it, I don't even want the smell of it on me. I want to stay away from it. How about you? Jesus said in John 8, he says, The Father has not left me alone, for I always do those things that please him. I want to please him, don't you? The last section of this, of this chapter is called the fourfold witness. And it says, uh, if you've got a new King James Version Bible, it says the fourfold witness. And I'm going to show you what those four witnesses are. As you read the Bible, sometimes it can be a little difficult to discern these things, but hopefully it will become a little clearer after we get through this. Notice in verse 31 it says, If I bear witness of myself, Jesus says, my witness is not true. See, Jesus didn't need to boast about himself or inject Fortune 500 power words into his resume. Can you imagine seeing Jesus' resume? (laughs) At the time of creation, I spearheaded a campaign to create something out of nothing. Or upon the creation of man, I unilaterally forged new ground, forged new ground by developing the great plan of redemption. He could have wrote that. We know what his resume is. It's flawless. It's beautiful. He's almighty God. But this word witness is martyrio, which is a Greek word which literally means to testify, to be well reported of. It's, it's a witness, to bear witness, to affirm that one has seen or heard or experienced something or that he knows it because it was taught or by divine revelation or inspiration they received it. That's what it means. And so the same word, I want you to underline a few things in this passage this morning. I want you to look at verse 33. The same word, martyrio, is in verse 33. Notice where it says witness. Underline that word witness. That is this word. In verse 36... Look at the word, where, where, right after where it says, the works that I do. There's a word called witness. Underline that as well. In verse 37, underline the word testify. It's the same exact word. Finally, in verse 39, the same word, testify. Underline that word. This is the same word. And this is a tip-off. This tells us what these four different witnesses are. Because John the Baptist was one of those witnesses. You saw that in verse 33 because you underlined the word witness. The works that Jesus does. He says, the works that I do in verse 36. Though That's another witness. The second witness is the works that he does. You can underline that. And finally, in verse 37, God the Father is the other witness. And then the scriptures, the word of God, verse 39, is the fourth witness. These four bear witness of who Jesus is and what he has and will accomplish. John the Baptist, the works of Christ, God the Father, the word of God, the scriptures. Notice in verse 32, back in our text, it says, There is another who bears witness of me, and I know that the witness which he witnesses of me is true. And you have sent him. I'm sorry, you have sent to John, and he has borne witness. There's our word again that you underlined. He's the martyrio. He is the witness. John is the first witness. He was the forerunner, the ambassador, the one who would go before Christ, the herald, if you will. Jesus is coming. 
Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He's coming. He's Get ready. Get ready. He's coming. That's all the time we have for today. But please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of John. Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m. Monday through Friday at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office You can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.